Thank you so much. It's so exciting to be back with you again. I think I was here about five years ago. Excited to be here again. Uh, you know, it, it's been a great series, this Reset series. I've been able to participate in that. And today we're going to talk about resetting your finances. And uh, sometimes you need a financial reset. Is that true? Like, here's what I know. Um, sometimes we would like to just solve the problem, right? Is anybody here a problem solver? I mean, I like to solve problems, and every now and then in my life, I've had issues show up around the household, and uh, my father built homes for a living. He rehabbed homes, upfitted homes, and he could just do it all. He was, I mean, he could fix anything, and even though I'm his son, I didn't get any of it. Does anybody have somebody in your life where they got all the skills and you were left with nothing? And yet my bride knows my father and then issues happen in the house and I'm like, I have no idea. And, and like, if, like, give an example, I go to fix a leak and by the time I'm done, eight hours later, uh, seems like an eternity later, I've used my entire limit of Christian words, <laughs> Right? And uh, there's eight leaks now. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. And so I remember this one moment uh, where there's the insincorator garbage disposal. Anybody know this thing? It, it's that sound, you know, there's an angry animal in your sink and it goes, rah, 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 rah. And like you turn a light switch and no light comes on, but man, that animal in there, you know, starts growling and you stick your hand down there, he will bite you. Well, it stopped working. It stopped garbage disposaling my, my food. And so I'm like, YouTube wasn't out yet, which is how we've all become geniuses, right? Who's fixed stuff with YouTube's help? I mean, it's unbelievable, okay? And so I'm trying to fix this thing. And I'm like, I wish my dad would be able to help. I grew up in Indiana, just south of Indianapolis. Uh, but, but I live in South Carolina and that's like an eight and a half hour drive. And he's not driving down there to fix my garbage disposal. And so I'm in there, I am frustrated, and then I got down under the sink. I'm gonna try to rip this thing off there because I don't know how to do this. And I looked, and there's a little red button <laughs> that says reset. Did you know that exists? Some of you have a garbage disposal that's not worked for three years, and this is gonna solve your problem. <laughs> and I was like, huh, I wonder what would happen if I press this button. And I pressed it, and... I went and turned on the switch, and it was fixed. And I did not tell my wife that all I did was press a button. I was like, I fixed it. I may have flexed a little, because I fixed that thing. How many of you wish that a little red button would exist to fix your money? Wouldn't that be awesome? I am broke. I have no money. Press the button. Presto. I have more money than Scrooge McDuck. That would be awesome. And you know what I've learned? There is no reset button. Here's what I've learned. Money is not a problem to be solved. It's actually a tension to be managed all of your life. That life itself costs money. The Lord knew that. This is why Jesus talks so much about money. In fact, in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see these red letters in the Bible and there's all these parables that Jesus taught us through stories. And of those 38 documented stories, 17 of those, nearly half, Jesus used money or possessions to illustrate his point. Why? 
because he knew it would help connect the dots for us because we would get it. And so there's great wisdom found there, and there's an issue. You know, if you think about it, if you and I uh, wanted to leave today and we wanted to get a brand new vehicle, in about two or three hours, we could spend an entire year's income, just sign the line, and drive away. And I'm a spender. Where are my spenders at? I mean, I am talented. I will spend too much money on lunch and accidentally buy a truck. I mean, it's bad. Is anybody a spender like that? Right? I have some savers lifting their spender's arm up. Right? But here's what I know. If you make the same decision, hey, I want to get debt free on that vehicle. Well, how many of you know that's not a three-hour thing? It's not a reset button. It's, it's a long journey. And so today I want to talk about resetting your finances. And I love that pastor's an identical twin. I will tell you that he's about six months older than me, so he is officially a half century old. I'm just short of 49. I will turn 49 on the 31st of March. My mother and father had four boys. They really wanted a daughter. And so my mother was in labor an hour and a half before April Fool's Day. And that's when she found out she was having twins. And she said to the nurse who told her that, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I'm having one and it better be a girl or I'm sending it back. And my identical twin brother was born. Seven minutes later, I was born. And my mother lived in pandemonium for the next 18 years. And she said, we're not trying for a daughter again. We might have triplet boys. We are over it. And even though I am the youngest by seven minutes of six boys, my mother and father, you know, they're sitting here with six boys and they lived with one crisis after another, right? It's just amazing how we kind of kept them broke. But me and my twin, the youngest, we, we were the first to go to college. Now, we grew up just south of Indianapolis, somewhere between Columbus, Franklin, Shelbyville area. And there was this really good basketball team nearby called the Indiana University Hoosiers. And Bob Knight was throwing chairs and smashing telephones and winning national championships. So my twin went there. And he went to study nursing. And I went to Purdue University, the arch rival, uh, and the Boilermakers, and I studied mechanical engineering. And I went there to study mechanical engineering. I quickly realized I wasn't very smart. I was not very bright. I didn't get any A's in any engineering classes, but by a miracle of God, if you want proof that miracles are still happening on this earth, I graduated with a degree in mechanical engineering from Purdue. Get fired up. In four years. Now, some of you graduated with special honors like magna cum laude and summa cum laude. I graduated with less honors called thank the laude and got out of there. Did anybody graduate that way? Hey, my 2.64 GPA was brought up by my A in indoor flower arranging. I'm not kidding. Every week, I got to make a flower arrangement for my girlfriend. Even the week we made funeral arrangements, you know the big triangle one? I brought her a funeral arrangement, I love you till I die. You know, it was awesome. And I do. And we've been married almost 27 years, get fired up. But here's what I'll say. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, it's awesome. Marriage is grand. Divorce, that's 100 grand, right? And I have some witnesses in the house. But here's what I will just tell you. Um, I started my money journey at college. I, I didn't have any money. And my parents said, you know, we're going to pay the same amount for your college as we paid for your four older brothers. I said, well, that was zero. And they said, you got it. 
And so I started dating this girl named Sally Mae. Does anybody know her first cousins? Navient, Federal Direct Loan, AES. Anybody know them? It was amazing. I would go to this office, sign some lines. They would let me stay. And then my first week in there, they offered me free stuff if I'd fill out a credit card application. Now listen, I knew nothing about credit cards. I didn't know how they work. I, I didn't know anything. I, and, and you know, no, nothing is a compound word, no thing. I knew no thing. All I knew was I fill out this thing and it was really simple. It's better than any test that I've had. What's your name? I got that one, Joe. What is your income? Zero. What is your job? Don't have one. And they gave me a free two liter of Coke. I went right down to the next table and they gave me, AT&T gave me a t-shirt that advertised their long distance service. Some of you, like the millennials are totally confused. <laughs> hey, but there's people every campus, you have wounds in your soul from talking too long on long distance. Where are you at? Admit, Jesus continue to heal the wounds. It used to cost us money to call someone on the other side of town. Yes. And then I went to the next booth and I got a free a duffel bag from American Express that I still use for hunting to this day. And so I, I go to college, I graduate tens of thousands of dollars in student loan debt. And then I, a week later after I fill out these applications, I got a credit card. Even though I admitted no job and no money, they gave me a credit card. And the next day I practiced with it. Quickly had a balance, should have applied that wisdom from the kids show, it wasn't out yet, that says, it says, swiper, no swiping. Come on, Vominos, everybody, let's go. But I swiped away, because I was talented at spending. And so, I ended up with thousands of dollars of credit card debt, I graduate, I, I, I end up financing an engagement ring, a wedding ring, the wedding, a, a honeymoon to Jamaica, all on the credit card. I, I, I financed furniture. I financed a car, even the sales tax. I even financed a truck. And there's no one here saying, I perceive our speaker to be a financial genius. <laughs> but here's the issue. I had had zero classes about managing money in K through 12 education. How about you? Hey, now Listen. I went to Purdue, and you already know my GPA, so, but I tried, and, and I had zero classes on finances there. And then I went to South Carolina with a job transfer, and I enrolled at Clemson University in the ACC, the almost competitive conference, and I got my master's in business administration, and, and I got zero classes again about money. Not only that, as Pastor said, I grew up in a get-fired-up Pentecostal church. And let me tell you, we had church a lot. And with six sons, my mom decided to go all the time. We went, some of you grew up this way. I went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night. Who's with me? We went Tuesday night, Thursday night. And once we got a car and Friday night was youth service somewhere, she recommended we go. And, and she just prayed without ceasing and she needed to. I mean, it was tough. But I just want you to know this. In all those years, I heard zero messages about the fact that God owns it all. I heard the, mess, the give message, give, give, and we should give. But I did not hear that God owns the rest, and he cares about that deeply. And so today, I'm going to talk about the give, and I'm going to talk about the rest. Who's ready? Hey, and we're going to help you reset if you need to. And so really, as I went through this journey, 
of getting rid of my debt, I started looking for ways to learn. I started reading books, but I found the greatest money book ever written, and we all know what that is, God's Word. It talks more about money than it does the topics of love, hope, and prayer combined. We're singing this great worship service today, and night and day, night, day and night, let incense arise. Friends, do you know where that's from? That's from the book of Revelation, chapter eight, verse four, where it says there was a bowl presented before the Lord and that it, in the bowl, incense were the prayers of the saints. That's what we're singing about. This revelation to John the Revelator. Hey, some of you have been praying all week about your finances. I came today to tell you those prayers are sweet incense in the nostrils of the Lord. Continue to pray. We're gonna talk about that. But I, I, I started reading God's word and it started changing me inside. And I started seeing things happen. And I realized there's four really key things we need to do. And it's six words. And I'm gonna say it. We're gonna put it on the screen. And we're gonna go through each part. It's give, save, invest, plan the rest. Hey, and it rhymes if you say it right. So will you help me say it? Let's go. Give, save, invest, plan the rest. Let's start with the word give. Everybody say give. Give. It says in Proverbs 3, 9, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. This is referring to something known as the tithe. If you're new to church, new to faith, the word tithe is spelled T-I-T-H-E. You may have heard about tithing. I've heard some person ask me, what is this tithe thing? Right? We're not... It's the word tithing, and it literally means, look it up in Webster's Dictionary, returning the first 10% of whatever he blesses you with back to his kingdom work. That's what first fruits are. And if you like the King James Version of the Bible, you will see that it is mentioned in there 30 times. In the NIV, it's mentioned 32 times. In the ESV edition, it's mentioned 33 times. For fun, I did word search. Guess how many times the word last fruits or no fruits is mentioned in all editions combined? Yeah, big, fat, zero. God wants to be first in your life. Have you ever heard that preached? Hey, by the way, your life includes your money. We try to divorce the two. It cannot be divorced. Now, I have eyes. Do you have eyes? I can see things. And brand new trucks wink at me. They, they want me to bring them home. So do boats, so do four-wheelers and John Deere tractors. My wife says, I have a problem. But let me tell you, because I have eyes and because I am human, you will wrestle with the same thing I have, and that is this selfishness, this greed thing. And we, we will see it in other people's lives. It's hard to see in ours. But my friend, if you have surrendered your life to Christ and he has yet to compel you in your life that you have not responded to that compelling urge to give, hey, is today the day you need to reach up and press that reset button and say, Lord, today the wallet is gonna become part of it. It's, it says to honor him, we honor him. By the way, we, you and I, are God's plan to reach the world. And if you've never experienced the joy of generosity, there are things, listen, I wanna be very clear. Giving is not a salvation issue. God, praise the Lord. Your bank account does not dictate how much he loves you. Hallelujah. 
But let me tell you, there are some things you will not experience until you surrender this part of your life to him. And I will tell you, because I am a greedy human, I looked all through God's word trying to find the verse that says, start giving when you get debt free. I tried to find that one because I wanted to find that. But I can't find that verse. Has anybody found that verse? You can't have not found it yet. And so as I'm looking at it and I'm saying, Lord, I need to put you first I don't know how to do this because I know, Lord, I got a 2.64 GPA at engineering school, but I took four class, four semesters of calculus. I took a class beyond calculus called linear algebra and differential equations, and, and I learned about kernels and random stuff. It's my writing. I don't know how to do any of it. I didn't really know how to do it then, but, but I can do basic math. Watch this. God, I can't make it on 100%. Anybody been there? I have no money in the bank, and I can't make it on 100%. And you want me to give the first 10%, which means I'm left with, come on, math scholars, how much does that leave me with? 90%, and somehow that's going to work. Is that real talk? That's real talk. And I will tell you, the moment that you will actually trust the Lord in that is when you get fed up with not making it on the 100%. And you say, Lord, I I don't understand it, and it doesn't make sense. But listen, Lord, I didn't understand anything they said at Purdue either. But I will tell you right now, I'm going to trust you. And I reset it, and me and my bride put God first. In fact, we dove in the deep end of the pool because there's this question, should I tithe on the gross income or the net income after taxes and stuff? I just chose to tithe on all of it. I may have done a version of tithing called angry tithing, I know you've never had it where you're like, you read the verse, Malachi 3.10, test the Lord in this. And you're like, I'll test him right now, test you right now. Now I'm going to write it as a check so I get some float. And I found him faithful. Friends, that was 21 years ago. And I've never missed a month of not putting God first. Hey, is today your first day? Do you know during worship today, Somebody on this stage was there for their first day. Your keyboardist. That was their first day ever. Didn't they do incredible? (laughs) Using her gift to bless us. Is today your first day you started expressing this generosity towards the Lord. Realizing you're just returning part of what he owns anyway. The second word is this. Save. Save. Everybody say save. Let me ask you a question. Is it biblical to save? Absolutely it is. Hey, let me ask this question. Um, has a lack of savings ever affected your spirit or soul? Yes, it has me. Let me ask you some other questions. Um, have you ever experienced a time of famine financially? Uh, have you ever experienced things like things that break or break down? Or have you ever gotten sick? Or have you ever had a leak but only when it rains? Or has you had things pop up or lost a job or had reduced hours or received pay cuts, right? We all have those things happen, right? And I will tell you, we will experience immense frustration, but that frustration gets amplified when we've chosen not to save. And we will have, if we're not careful, we'll blame God for it. But God gives us in his word some guidance. In Proverbs 21, 20, it says the wise, watch what they do, they store up, they save, choice food and olive oil, but fools What do they do? They consume all theirs. They gulp theirs down. Whoever pursues righteousness and love, they find three great things, life, prosperity, and honor. 
So let me ask you this question. Let me ask it another way. Is it right to spend every dollar God gives you? Well, now, we would all say, no, we should not spend it all. Yet seven out of ten Americans do. They spend it all. Not only that, but many of them are Christ followers. And they've done what I did in the past. I spent it all, and I dared look at a holy God and say, I'm not the problem you are. You need to give me more income. Have you ever tried that one? And God said, I see you, and gave me more income. Do you think it helped? Absolutely not. And God was just saying, I'm just going to show you, until you submit this to my authority, it's not going to work out. And so give and save. In fact, we can learn great things from ants. Did you know that? I love ants. I remember this one person went on the first plane ride. They're so excited. And they looked out the window and said, hey, look at those people out there. They look like ants. And they said, they are ants. You haven't even taken off yet. It was funny. But anyhow, that's a funny joke. But it says, go to the ant in Proverbs 6, 6 or 11. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. Has no commander, no overseer or ruler. Yet what does it do? It stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and what happens? And poverty will come to you like a thief, and scarcity like an armed man. There's some things to learn from this scripture. In fact, uh, you know, you can look at the scripture and you see two key things that says, number one, it's saying save in times of abundance so that you'll be covered in times of famine. You know, too many people, they get laid off and then they say, I need to save money, but it's too late. They get ill, they get disabled, they didn't ask for it. By the way, famine does not announce itself. Save in times of abundance. I grew up on a farm and they called it this way. They would say it, hey, make hay while the sun shines. Anybody ever put up hay? It's that alfalfa hay, weighs about 100 pounds of bale. I like straw a lot better, right? I could throw it farther. But I put up a lot of hay in my lifetime. We made hay when the sun shines. Why? So that when the sun was not shining, when nothing was growing there in those Indiana winters, we were able to feed our animals. Make sense? And the second thing I see there is the consequence for laziness is poverty. And it is quick and sudden. you got to save. And so here's what I've learned about saving money is number one, I had to start saying no. Have you used that lately? It's a powerful word. And you know what I learned no stands for? Next opportunity. And if I say no for a while, it allows me to say yes to things that are more important, more meaningful, more impactful. And we all know that savings helps us with obstacles, right? Or if you like, oh brother, where art thou? Obstacles, right? And so obstacles, we know the obstacles. I mean, my dad said with six sons, that's all he had was obstacles. I mean, we constantly kept him broke. My oldest brother threw a hammer in the air and watched it come down and hit him in his own face. That's awesome, right? I mean, just nonstop, I'm a budding engineer. And so I got my hands on some illegal fireworks and I built a rocket. My mom did not know this. My dad did not know this. My twin was part of this. And we're out there and I'm doing the, the I can send a rocket over 350 feet in the air with this. I'll show you a technique later. And, uh, and, but don't use this technique because I was doing the countdown, 10, 9. Only the wind caught my flame and it lit off at about 9. And I'm standing over it and it hit me 
knocked me out, hit my twin, knocked him down. I come to and there's a red sheet of stuff pulsing over my face. And I'm like, let's sneak in the basement. Don't tell mom and dad. And my twin's going, ah! And I got 13 stitches. And the doctor still cannot figure out how I tripped and fell on that bean can. I lied. I have repented. Obstacles are going to happen. Some of you have lies you've not told your parents yet and you're 40. That figurine that you glued back together. There's two of those in my mom's house. Obstacles are going to happen. And we think of savings for obstacles. But let me tell you the one that's more important. Opportunities. Hey, I came today to tell somebody today you have opportunities right in front of you. But because you have chosen not to save money, you can't even see them. And listen, as I said, it's not a salvation issue, but it is your ability to fund the kingdom and fund those crazy dreams God's placed in your heart. And until you prioritize this saving thing, you will not be able to see it. And and I challenge you, focus on saving. It is difficult. It is hard. But when we give and we save, we position ourselves for unbelievable overcoming of obstacles, but also opportunities. My question today is, do you need to reset your saving? Do you need to? The third word is invest. Everybody say invest. Invest. I love investing. Proverbs 13, 11 says, dishonest money dwindles away, but whoever gathers money, say it with me, little by little makes it grow. Hey, who's happy it says little by little? Oh, because when we think about retirement, when we think about kids to college, when we think about all these different things, starting a business, it it seems like we need to save a lot by a lot. But the word is saying little by little. Can you do little by little? Some of you are like, very little by little. Well, that's all it takes. Here's what I know. God is putting plans, hopes, and dreams in each of our hearts. Psalm 37, four says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Hey, I wanna ask a question. Does anyone have a dream that you know God gave you? You know he gave it to you. I don't know what it is, but you know what the dream is. And yet when you look at your bank account, it says, don't do that. There's a disconnect. And yet you've had the dream for years and you're like, I have no idea how that could ever happen. Can I tell you why that is? Because if you looked at the dream God gave you, and you looked at your bank account and said, I could do that, you would leave him out of the equation. And you might be likely to take all the credit and the glory and the honor for it. Hey, there are people in your life who do not know the Lord. They think you're kind of crazy, but you've been given a dream that is so big, it's bigger than yourself. It requires more than money. It requires access to people, to places, and and you don't know why God's given it to you. You've never even told another living human being. You've told your dog but he keeps good secrets, right? Can I urge you today to write it down? Share it with people you work with? Listen to me, and they're gonna look at you and they're gonna do exactly what you know they're gonna do. They're gonna look at you and say, are you crazy? You can't do that, I know you. And when God does it, watch this, only he will get the credit, only he will get the glory, and it may be just the thing that causes them to consider the claims of Christ and may lead to their salvation. Come on, you praying for somebody? Hey, that may be the way the Lord uses it. 
And investing is huge because when you have a dream and it requires this and you have this, the only number God cannot bless is a zero. He can't grow a zero. I, I, I have this front runner daughter. She's unbelievable. She's 24 years old. She was born a couple years in our marriage. And Malia, she's bought a house at 21. She's graduated college. She's an NCAA athlete. She made it to the NCAA championships. I mean, she's just outstanding, phenomenal. She's wild. We're trying to contain her a little bit. But I, I took Proverbs 22, 6 literally. Train a child in the way they should go. Some of you have 40-year-old children still in your house. And you're still financially supporting them. Okay, I'll get out of that for a second. But here's what I know. I practice that with my children. And I've got this little daughter. She, I, we, we had an overflow blessing at 40. Megan, she's 10. She'll graduate college when I'm 62. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. She's awesome. But I remember a couple years ago, she's starting to learn multiplication. And I would say, what is two times two? And she's like, four. And then I'm like, two times three. And then I see the fingers start popping up, right? Six. And then I, would lo I love to do this with them. I said, what is 1,271,361? You can see their eyes twirling. Usually when I'm in the car, I can see it in the rearview mirror. And then I'll say, times zero. And then all of a sudden, she burst into a smile. Well, I know that one, Daddy. It's zero. Do you see it? The only number that will not grow is a zero. And I have a lot of people that tell me I have a big giant dream. And I'm like, how much are you investing? And they're like, nothing. And I tell them, because this is a call of God in my life, to tell them you have a better chance of discovering a magical unicorn in your backyard than you do of getting any harvest because God can't bless a zero. By the way, unicorn is mentioned in the King James Bible nine times. No joke. He hath, as it were, an horn of a unicorn. My 10-year-old loves that fact, right? That's a special 3 a.m. service that you'll get to learn about that. Are you investing? Hey, there's a lot of reasons people don't invest, right? It's because there's risk. Who do you trust? They're fearful. But let me tell you something. It says in Proverbs 13, 12, that hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. And investing is God's method for multiplying what he's given you. And so I encourage you, take steps to invest. Because, he, listen, I know investing's scary. Buying real estate can be scary. Starting a business can be intimidating, right? Whatever, start buying a stock can be, it can scare you to death. And I just wanna tell you this. If you're starting, sometimes these knees start getting shaky. Has anybody ever had that happen? Maybe they're knocking together, right? I want you to know there are people who love Jesus, who love you, who are making the exact same decision and they're yawning while doing it. Do you know what the difference is? Experience. And why wouldn't you wanna seek their counsel, their wisdom, to have them help you walk through it? They would love nothing more than to testify to what God has done on their behalf and mentor you through it. That's why I've loved looking at all the services as people have come in and I see this multi-generational church and there are people who have living testimonies to the power of God working on their behalf when they've chosen to give, when they've chosen to save, and when they've chosen to invest. And so let me give you some practical tips that can go with this. Um, one of them is every time you receive income and you give, save, and invest, I encourage you to pray and read God's word daily. 
praying word. Now, I, I've got you version on my phone, and it has a thing where it will tell you how many days in a row you've read his word. Get fired up. Now, I'm not doing it to keep a streak alive, but sometimes I am. And I am very angry at you version. Um, the sun will not go down on it, but I had gotten to 550 days in a row of reading God's word, and I was at church camp in the mountains without internet, and it didn't record me reading it, and it reset me to zero. Ho, oh, at church camp. Come on, you virgin. But I'm back up to 36 days. But read God's word. It'll just transform you from the inside out. The second thing is just start. Start with something, anything. Start giving something. Start saving something. Start investing something. Tip number three, get wise counsel. Proverbs 15, says, plans fail for what? Lack of counsel. But with many advisors, they succeed. And this personal finance thing is so personal that a lot of times we don't wanna share it with other people. But I submit to you the reason we don't wanna share our troubles, our challenges, is because of a one word, five letter, favorite tool of the enemy called pride. And pride, my friend, will keep you broke and isolated. Get wise counsel. And number four, I encourage you to automate these things. Can you automate your giving? Can you automate your saving? Yes, can you automate your investing? Can you automate your exercise? Wouldn't that be awesome? You wake up and your body's climbing off a treadmill. Says I did six miles, this is awesome. I'm working on that, that's a billion dollar idea. Hey, but while we're at it, can we automate giving, saving, investing? Of course we can. And so I gave this morning on the front row during worship, it's part of worship, and I gave in like 25 milliseconds, right? So can you. So if that's the case and you have not, can we submit that you've just not gotten there in your heart? Ask the Lord to give you faith and test him. Reset, okay? So then the last thing I wanna encourage you to do in this area is get financial education. You could have more degrees than a thermometer and still be broke. That's a fact. You need a financial education. Start with God's word. Go to conferences. Read books. A great place to start is the financial learning experience tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. I'm going to teach practical stuff, budgeting, saving. I'm going to talk about inflation, busting tips, investing, retirement. We're going to have a great time. Let's finish it up with plan the rest. Everybody say plan the rest. Give, save, invest. Plan the rest. Proverbs 21.5 says, the plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. This is my financial life verse. When I was broke, 28 years old, I read this verse and it changed my life. In fact, I ran across this verse and I started doing something called homiletics. For those of you who love to study the Bible, the word homiletics is looking at scripture one by one, breaking apart, saying what is it really saying? What is it not saying that is inferred? What is it excluding? And I looked at it and I realized, wow, there are two outcomes here. What are the two outcomes? Let's put it back on the screen. What are the two outcomes in this verse? We're gonna put it on the screen maybe. I don't know if we can go backwards. Do you see it? Profit and poverty. Now, now I thought long and hard on this. Which would you choose between profit or poverty? Okay, profit. And it said, I looked at, I broke part of scripture and it says two things are, are important to lead to profit. What are they? Do you see it? Oh, oh you gotta have a plan. What's another name for a financial plan? A budget. All the spenders are experiencing turbulence. 
and you need to be diligent. Did you know diligence is something given to all who believe? It's a fruit of the Spirit, mentioned in Galatians 5, and 23, for the fruits of the Spirit are what? Peace, patience, goodness, joy, gentleness, self-control, diligence. Ask the Lord to activate it. I had to. And then you partner with a plan, and, and I'm serious right now, you need a budget. And I don't know who, who, who loves, who here loves budgeting? You love budgeting. Three people, that's what I thought, okay? Um, here's a better question. Who wants to honor the Lord? Oh, we all want to. So who owns it all? So let's say that you, you yourself, you're a business. We're going to call it you incorporated. Are you running a nonprofit business? Hey, let's put it another way. Should you fire you? I had to fire me. Let's put it another way. Let's say you own a business and you have a, a daily manager. Somebody leads the business for you and you went to that manager and say, how are we going to make money this year? And they said, you know what? I'm just going to kind of wing it. I hope it works out well. If it doesn't, I'm just going to come ask you for more money. What would you say to that manager? You're fired. I'm going to free you up to pursue other opportunities. <laughs> Can I submit to you? That is exactly where many people are. Seven out of 10 Americans spend every dollar they have and then finance more. Seven out of 10 of us. And if you want to know why you've been struggling, can I submit to you? Maybe it's because you have not had a plan to honor the Lord. And I'll never forget the first time this happened. I was 28 years old. It was a Sunday afternoon. I'm watching my beloved Chicago Scrubs play baseball. And... April 1st is when they're mathematically eliminated from playoff contention, which is the opening day. And I'm sitting there, and my bride came in and interrupted my nap and said, Joseph, what do you think of this budget? Well, I'm a spender. What do you think I think of a budget? I burst into rap poetry. I said, my name is Joe. That makes me say no, and that interrupts my flow, so it's got to go. She did not laugh or applaud. But she was cute, so I decided to look at it. And then I realized as an engineer, it could be an Excel spreadsheet. Ho, ho! I ran into the computer room, got on my Gateway 2000 computer. It's been a while. And you know what I put in it first? No, no, no. I've told you the answers. Give. I gave to the Lord the full tithe. What do you think I put in there second? Oh, savings. What do you think I put in third? Investing. And what do you think I did with the rest? I planned it. And then something even more crazy happened. We followed the budget. You know, they're separate things, right? You know, I tried budgets before, but I had done so out of anger and frustration. And because of that, I lied to myself. And it wasn't realistic. But we put together a budget. And that month, we followed it. And we incurred no new debt, and we had our debt go down a little bit. It was so great, we did it another month, and another month. And 14 months later, we found ourselves debt-free on everything except for our house. No more student loan, no truck loan, no car loan, and Capital One was gone. Hey, listen, three years after that date, we found ourselves going on staff at the church we helped start in South Carolina, and I negotiated myself a 50% pay cut. 
storing up my treasures in heaven. Hey, that's a word for somebody today. God's calling you to do something, but you don't think it's of God because it doesn't mean more for you. He's asking you to get it in order so you could still prosper, but with less. And listen, God kept blessing. In fact, 10 years and one month after we started our journey, we paid off our house. And then we've been able to see God, we've been able to start a business. We bought a business, we started another business. We've started five and bought four. God has brought us a long way. And let me just tell you right now, I am no one special. And if there had not been a moment where we had not reached up and saw that red button and said reset and allowed the Lord to own it all, I would not be able to proclaim this. I'd be in the endless rabble of broke people. And I would not have discovered the joy of giving, saving, investing, and planning the rest. That was 248 months ago. 248 months ago. I have a copy of every one of them. I see the month where my HVAC unit died. They do that. I see six months later when the upstairs unit was jealous, so it died too. I have the budget where the hot water heater died. Has any of this happened to you? Hey, but I also see the month in January of 09 where we had started out this journey and had a baby two years in our marriage. And shortly after that, my wife experienced ovarian tumors. And it maxed out our insurance deductible and it took her out for six months. And it maxed out our insurance deductible. Hey, I just want to tell you right now, we have an enemy. And if he can keep you broke, he will keep you selfish and self-focused. And if you make a commitment today to start giving, saving, investing, and planning the rest, you could walk out of here and all four of your tires will be flat. Hey, but you need to say, I know the back of the book. I know who wins. And I'm gonna do this because this honors the Lord. This ain't about just me anymore. And I will tell you, I stopped being broke long before my bank account showed it. Why? Because my heart changed. And I will just tell you, I remember the day when the doctor said, you can't have more kids. And 2008 and 9 were happening. You remember that? Oh, yeah. Remember when your 401k had turned into a 201k and then into a box of special K? Ha-ha, <laughs> can I get a witness? Well, we were trying infertility treatment, $18,500 for IVF. You know, you know people who've experienced it. And we paid cash so that no debt would chase it, and it didn't work. And so we started this ministry to help the nations. And uh, to save money, I canceled my paternity insurance. You know what we found out 16 days later? What the doctor said was not possible. God said, here he comes. And a baby boy showed up. To God be the glory. Three years later, God sent me my overflow blessing of my second daughter. And let me tell you something. I have a copy of every budget. And for me, they're testimonies to God's provision. He's mine and your Jehovah Jireh, our great provider. But he's also our Jehovah Rapha, our great healer. My question today for you is what is your next step? Hey, I'm gonna share the rest of my tips at the financial learning experience tomorrow night. I hope you'll make plans to join us. We would love to be able to serve you. Will you join me in praying? Lord, I thank you so much for every life represented here. God, I thank you for this fertile soil. Lord, even in worship today, the freedom to worship you. As I see written on the scripture above the wall as I walked in where the spirit of you is, Lord, there is freedom, there's liberty. And Lord, the truth is there are many here today, they do not have freedom in their finances. 
they do not have liberty. Lord, they are bound by the bondage of debt, the bondage of, of not being able to trust you enough to give. Lord, they have fear of investing. Remind them you're the Prince of Peace. You are the Jehovah Jireh. Lord, there are couples that have been fi fighting about finances. They cannot have a productive conversation about this. Lord, I pray today that you would give them one vision, not two, which is division. Give them one vision. Give them clarity. Help them today have a conversation focused on you. Lord, restore their first love. And Jesus, I do pray for those who've never surrendered their life to you and accepted that free gift of salvation, where you paid a debt that we could never repay. And as it is written in Romans 10, 9, and 10, that if we confess with our mouth that you are Lord and believe in our heart that you've been raised from the dead, we will be saved. May your salvation be in this house today. And it's in your mighty name that we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.